mercy and grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 25 of There's No Place Like Tara, if I can speak, a Stargate First Watch rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace. So today we're going over season two, episode four, Gamekeepers. Which the really easy AKA on this is Groundhog's Day. The Groundhog's Day episode or Teal's hair. <laughs> or the one that Teal had hair. Yes. <laughs> Dig it. Teal had a bad wig. <laughs> Teal's very bad hair day. It was like, it was almost um, like a Chia Pet type hair. <laughs> it was very or interesting. like the, the boy cabbage patch. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the boy cabbage patch doll. Yeah, with the yarn hair. Yeah. Yarn hair. Let's call it that. It's his nickname. Yarn hair. Come Only here, yarn hair. Only for this episode. <laughs> um, so this first aired on July 17th, 1998. Woohoo! Uh, the story is written by Jonathan Glasner and Brad Wright. Do you know what else July 17th, 1998 was? What? It was the day that I was at Disneyland for the 45th anniversary. I Believe love that you don't. specifically remember that. <laughs> well, I had the t-shirt. It was the 40th anniversary and it was right after the Indiana Jones ride opened. And <laughs> because Mickey is dressed as Indiana Jones. Well, naturally, of course he is. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 98. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was 94, but it was one of the, it was July 17th, which is the birthday of, of Disneyland. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> was that also Walt's birthday? Or was that Disney World? Wasn't the opening of one of the two parks' birthday? Or am I completely off base? It might have been Walt. It's definitely not Disneyland, though. Okay. Anyway. Uh, it might have been Disney World. That's what okay. I meant. I know words. I know what you meant. <laughs> so it was written by Jonathan Glasner. All names we've known so far. And yeah. directed by Martin Wood. Okay. I he know does, He has not started making his cameos yet. His okay. cameos start... Like, been, I know I've been like promoing and like prompting these cameos. <laughs> they start later in the third season. Every time so you say Martin Wood, I have to remind myself that you're not saying Martin Gore, which is one of the guys in Depeche Mode, which is why there's always a pause. <laughs> I felt the need to address this that. This is not directed by a guy from Depeche Mode, no. <laughs> Dang it. How awesome would that have been, though? <laughs> um, right, let's move forward. So we have uh, uh, one... Well, two guest stars mm-hmm. worth... Well, one's quasi worth mentioning, the other's worth mentioning. Okay. Uh, so, Mr. Jackson, uh, Daniel's dad, whose name, I don't think it's actually spoken in this, but his name is Melbourne. Oh, why? Yeah, that's well, probably didn't mention it. <laughs> He's played by Robert Duncan, who, in a cool way, comes back as a completely different character, I think, next season. Oh, intrigue. Like, it's, it's, they, they do not look anything alike. Okay. Like, I did not actually realize these were the same characters <laughs> until they mentioned it. And I'm not going to mention who he, who he plays. But, okay. Um, and the other person who somehow... N- Neither three of us, because bartender Nick was watching this with us, uh-huh. noticed this. Uh, then again, I, but the keeper was played by Dwight Schultz, who is howling Mad Murdoch in the eighteen. <laughs> I did not catch that at all. <laughs> the other thing I didn't catch, which I probably should have even more, is that he plays Reginald Barkley on Star Trek. See, okay, I've got to, I've got to give a shout out to to boyfriend Jesse because I feel like he would have caught both of those. He I might be wrong. Probably at least. <laughs> here's the thing. Once I realized it was Barkley, uh-huh. I could see that it's Reg. Okay. Um, but until I actually was pointed that out, they, they he looks so different. Gotcha. Um, because he was, by the time this aired, he was mostly done with his Reginald Barkley roles because, you know, he was in Next Gen. Most of it was in Next Gen. He extended the other series. But that was mostly in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. So we had a couple extra years, and the costuming was so different okay. that it, it, it was... It looks different enough, but once I realized it was the same person, that's all I saw. Dig it. But what's funny is that Reginald Barkley is notorious for being... He got, like, addicted to a holodeck, oh. which is all simulated images. Oh, that seems very, like, symmetrical. Yeah. It's, it was kind of a, a funny thing, so... Um, right on. So, we I don't think they actually mentioned it, but Daniel's parents are Claire and Melbourne. Oh, that's so sad for Melbourne. Yeah. Claire's a great name, though. I like Claire's that. Claire's good. Um, he was also uh, eight when his parents died. Oh, poor Daniel. That's so you could tough. tell he was a young kid because um, they're calling him Danny and everything. But yeah. he was he was eight when he saw his parents get crushed to death by rocks. That'll 
fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah, well. I'm surprised she's doing as well as he is. Well, that's, you know, all in <laughs> relative concept, but... Um, <laughs> well, that's true. He is kind of off-world whoring around <laughs> for telling people he's got a wife. <laughs> yeah. Wife, in quotation marks yeah, yeah, at yeah. this point. Anyway, uh, so the, the main... Um, I forget the actual planet. I forget to write that down. Oh, no, it's P7J989 is uh, the world we're on. And it's actually, in real life, it is the Queen Elizabeth Park in Vancouver. I don't know what that is. Is that well, a thing? Well, it's the gar- that's the gardens that they shot this in. Oh. And the dome is the Bloedel Floral Conservatory. I'm sorry for all Vancouverans, but I mispronounced that. Okay. I read it, and I read Blofeld, and there's like not even an F in there, and nor are we in <laughs> James Bond. But anyway. <laughs> uh, and that's the geodesic dome. So it was originally, the park was not a gardens. It was originally an area quarried for rock to make Vancouver's first roads. Oh, cool. And then later in like the 1930s, the BC Tulip Association or British Columbia Tulip Association suggested that they turn it into gardens. Hey, that's it was cool. like a nice area or something. Well, and it probably would have been an eyesore at that point. Yeah. Dug and that's stuff. why actually when you see, we saw the stair steps and everything. Yeah. It's because it was a quarry. Oh, so it was cool. actually dedicated. I think they're actually here to dedicate it by King George VI and his consort, Queen Elizabeth. Oh. Like, and his... Our current Queen Elizabeth II's yeah. mother. The word consort always sounds like it's a bad thing. Yeah, it's like concubine. That's why. <laughs> oh. That's what it is. It reminds me of concubine, and I'm like, ooh, it's consort. That's scary. Ooh, she's a dirty Scandalous. lady. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As we so, drink out of our crystal wine glasses. <laughs> yeah, we are drinking. We are being super fancy and drinking out of my collection of fine crystal that's wine glasses. That's right, because it's just us ladies here today, uh, Kaylee and Thorgy, uh, Nixie and I. And yes. So we're being fancy. We had. Like, well, you know, bartender Nick was here to make a drink, so therefore we go all class. Yeah, all class and red wine. (laughs) So, but it was dedicated in 1939. And then the conservatory, which is the, that was the, I think, country's, Canada's first geodesic dome, uh, was opened in 1969. And inside, it's like 500 plus exotic plants. It does and look flowers. really pretty. I did yeah. wonder uh, if they recorded that somewhere. And like there's like that somewhere two, over 200 birds just flying around inside. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you don't like birds, then it's very, uh, you know, Tippy Hedren. Yeah, it's a very scary movie. Um, and then, so that's really pretty location. Okay. If you have that location, and it's used by a bunch of other like sci-fi shows filmed in Vancouver. Like I know Andromeda filmed there, Battlestar Galactica filmed there. Take it. Uh, so, and then from a pure design aspect ratio, the you know it's like the tornado icon. Yes, that yes. is using them. That's actually the home, their home symbol, like Earth's tri- pyramid oh, with the sun. Yeah, but it looks completely unlike all the other symbols. Right. So it's kind of catches me off guard. Well, so it's a little tornado. It kind of looks like an Omega. It kind of looks like an ish, but it, it looks like their beam in, beam out thing. Sure. It's like the bad CG ribbon look. <laughs> yeah, I'm just true. not a fan of... Okay. I think I, okay. I like the design of the icon. I don't like it because it doesn't fit as being an icon for the Stargate. Okay, that's very fair. It doesn't look like it's part of the same font. Yes, yes. Uh, Same character uh, family. It's a different font. Different font family. Stop using Comic Sans on our Stargate. Oh, do not use Comic Sans. (laughs) Or curls. (laughs) Or Or, papyrus. Or, to be fair, there is one highly successful Uh, case of the use of the font papyrus. Share with me. Firefly. Oh shit! I the guess that's lo- right. the fonts for the logo of Firefly is actually papyrus, and it's used correctly. <laughs> no one else can ever use papyrus. This has been your fonts according <laughs> to Stargate segment. I'm it. So let's get into the episode finally. Right on. So we start uh, with the episode. The Mel has Vancouver on the screen, <laughs> <laughs> and Gould men- Gould Gould mentions Teal mentions it doesn't really look like any Gould uh, architecture, probably because it's human on right. Earth in Vancouver. Uh, <laughs> then we're in the wormhole. As we come out, it's beautiful. Yay, pretty and, place. And Jack has to have a snarky comment about where there's a garden, there's snakes. Yeah. <laughs> and then Daniel's allergic. 
to, well, to every life. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I wrote Epcotty style biodome. Oh, it is. It is very. Yeah, it's Epcot-y. like the, the a spring garden thing that I don't remember the proper name of. The Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of the word biodome, I actually saw that on VHS somewhere <laughs> where we were this weekend. I I did. I recently got a VHS player on purpose. To watch Biodome? So that if you wanted to pick up Biodome, we could watch it on my VHS player. This is where I admit to you that A, I still have a VHS player, and B, I still own Biodome. It's somewhere in this house. Because that movie is ridiculous, but so entertaining. Yeah, yeah, it is. It It is is. a guilty pleasure entertainment level. I I just, yeah. I can basically quote that entire film. I can't do that. And I am... Not ashamed. I am ashamed by that. Fact. <laughs> I can't do that, but I did recently learn that I can sing the entire theme song from the Anastasia animated cartoon, <laughs> of which I'm very proud of. That I cannot do. <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> um, so they head through a door on the biodome, right. uh, and Polly Shore's there. I mean, it's a rainforest. <laughs> no, no, no. That has. <laughs> oh my god! It's so like I can't see that as being. It's Stevie Baldwin. It's Stevie Baldwin. Anyways, back to the episode. So there's a rainforest, (laughs) and they walk down this, like, walkway, and there's all these stasis chambers lining it with people dressed in black, and they're, like, encaged in them. Mm -hmm. They're still alive. They're human. Uh, But the question is, is who are they, and why are there chairs of sleepiness all around here? Right. they walk more into the center of the dome, and there is conveniently four empty chairs. And suddenly the chairs reach out like they're Borg. Yeah. And grab them, and it's nap time. Yeah, and now we're done. And we grabbed by these bad vines. Bad vines. Like Was... bad veins, but not. Except vines. <laughs> I, I swear I just took a sip of the wine. <laughs> so we come back from the credits, and it's like we're stepped into a completely different episode. And it's the Jack and Teal show. They have no clue what happened or where they are. The truck pulls up and two guys gets out of them. One has a familiar face. Hello, Kowalski. Kowalski. Um, The other one is Colonel Michaels. And we learn that Jack is just a captain. Yes, we did catch that early. And it's like, why did he say captain, not Colonel Jack? So Jack's a little spook since Kowalski's supposed to be dead. Yeah. Yeah, I would be like, a little freaked out, too, if I saw a dead guy. Dead. Pretending like to be fine. Dead. Yeah. You no longer have life force in What's you. What's up, zombie We Kowalski? literally chopped off the back of your head. <laughs> in which There's case, no there would back be from no that. zombie because that's we true. destroyed the brain. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's... Oh, gosh, that's true. That's even yeah. scarier. Yeah, he's... There can't be a zombie Kowalski. We've already destroyed the brain. Aww. That is the life force of a zombie. Oh, poor Kowalski. Walking Dead's taught us anything. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, haha, very funny. Uh, but Michael points out that the intel on this one is good. There's uh, a guy named Boris here during the day. Uh, he's underground at night. There's only two guards inside. Piece of cake. It's certainly not the one where they die on. Ta-da, done. But Jack points out, actually, this is the one that you die on, Michaels. Yikes. Um, and Jack, sort of in a side, tells Tilk that he went on this mission in 1982, and they're in East Germany. Uh, they're supposed to get a Russian agent from the house, and everything goes bad. Wow. Jack refuses uh, to head up with them because this isn't real. Like, it's a dream. It's a hallucination. It's something. Mm -hmm. Michaels isn't having any of this and ends up punching Jack in the jaw, which definitely looks like it hurt. Yeah. Uh, And he tries to um, point out that, does Teal'c look like a member of this team? And he goes to rip off his (laughs) beanie hat. There's no gold emblem there. There's just a bunch of fuzzy cabbage patch hair. There's some hair. (laughs) Some yarn hair. (laughs) (laughs) And And then Michaels points out that Tom Thomas has been on the team longer than Jack has. Yikes. Um, yeah, that's a that's some hair. That's uh, yarn hair. I think you said it best when you said yarn hair. It's just like a bad... <laughs> Wait, like, I said yarn hair, but you did It's not like a quality bed. wig. No. It's just... No, like they were like, I don't understand how your hair would work. And he's like, I've never had hair because I've always been a badass. Like it doesn't follow a natural, like... Uh, Hairline. <laughs> I'm drawing the line on my point because I forgot the name of it. It's like images, not words. <laughs> um, and I wasn't like, maybe Chris Judge just grew his hair out real fast, but his hair can't grow fast enough to be between episodes for them I to don't just imagine, grow that hair. No, no, not to be that hair. I, and I imagine if his hair grows, it's way it's cooler like, than that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, history time. Um, now, this is... This is not an era that I know a lot about. Okay. Um, it's kind of sad to say most of my history is either ancient history or at least like pre 
this pre-last century history. Sure. So sadly, the point in time in the like probably 50s to mid 90s is mm. kind of my weak point. But okay. what I can say from my little research did, um, this is during the height of the Cold War. Right. So Reagan was president. He had increased like military spending, military might. Um, he was trying to hit the Soviet Union hard. He teamed up with Margaret Thatcher. Um, they label he labeled the Soviet Union as an evil empire. So definitely warm and fuzzies were going right, on here. Right. Um, well, this is pre the the wall coming down. I think the yes. wall came down in like 87? 89. 89. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah, it's definitely still an Iron Curtain. They're still yeah. if they're in East Germany, this, they're not in a good place. No, and this yeah. is even before Mikhail Gorbachev, um, yes. because he became Secretary General, which was like the leader of the Soviet Union in eighty right. five. Gotcha. Um, so East Germany was a region occupied the Soviet Union after World War II. Mm-hmm. Like they split Germany up into like four or five different quadrants and each of the allies sort of took control. Right. After a while, the rest of the allies turned, the, turned their areas over to like the forming uh, the Federal Republic of Germany, right. which is like the, Germany. Like, Germany. Yeah, they, yeah. they gave control back over, but Soviet Union's like, nope, this is still ours. This is ours now. We keep and this. And Berlin yeah. was completely inside East Germany, but the city itself was still divided because they divided they divided Berlin separately from the rest of the country. Right. So that's where you get the wall. They literally, like, I don't know if it was started or finished in 1961, but they mm-hmm. built a wall to completely surround West Berlin. Right. And it stood until 1989, which is two years after Reagan. You did the famous Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall thing. Right. Um, the weird, interesting fact, I just found this interesting. It said mm-hmm. that airline service to West Berlin was actually granted only to American, British, and French airlines. Whoa. Yeah. That's I that interesting. Was inter- yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, and so... Yeah, this is clearly not an area that the U.S. military is supposed to be in no, any don't way. don't be here. Don't, You're going to die here. Yeah, don't. This is death. This is not a good place for you. Yeah. Also, they're, like, really close to this house as they're forming up, starting this bridge. Like, they mm. can see the house. The yeah. sniper can see them. They're just, like, standing there in broad daylight. Like, just, just pulling the truck. Out. Like, they can hear the truck pull up. The sniper on the roof can see you. Yeah, I'm waiting for them to just, like, pull out, a, like, da- a tailgate and just start, like, making hot dogs. <laughs> like, this is, this should probably happen, like, a mile or two back. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like, hidden behind some trees, somewhere where you're yeah. not just open to the public. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this, it's actually, I really would like to get more knowledge about this area. It's, it's a really interesting, like, depressingly interesting, like, interesting in a historical yeah. context. Well, I don't think I ever understood how West Berlin was completely entrapped. Yeah. Um, I, I really just didn't understand the geography Because you all. forget that, like, Berlin was, is not in the center of the country. Right. I think, I think I, Earlier, like before, I learned that it was completely in East Germany. I used to, I used to think that Berlin was right along I, the yeah, border. Like my brain thought, and it like was that's a how, line. Yeah. yeah, it was like that. The, the the Berlin Wall went through the center of the city. Yeah, but no, it was it was literally like an occupied that's territory. Intense. Yeah, it was an occupied, t- and I know there was really strict laws about like, passing laws about who could pass between East and West Berlin. Right. Um, right. You, it was like a one-way filter sometimes. Yeah. This may require a little more research. Yeah, I definitely want to do some more research this just for my own personal... Yeah, luckily, I'm more still on spring break, so my brain is capable <laughs> of taking in information. Um, if anyone <laughs> knows any really interesting or really good books about this era, of, like early 1980s Cold War, I'd be very interested. Oh, absolutely. Send them our way. Yes, I please send them our way. I will take anything. Yeah, have yeah. any history buffs listening. Yeah. Um, uh, books, movies, anything you got. Yes, yes. I'll take it. So, back to the show. Okay. Uh, Jack and Teal are really confused. Were there time machines that stole us? <laughs> yeah. Teal says the, the ghouls have experimented with time manipulation, so maybe this is real. Maybe it's a chance to change history. So, okay, Jack, Jack yeah. decides to just roll with this. See where this goes. Okay. So, Jack stops the team as they're heading towards this house. Uh, there's a sniper on the roof. He remembers mm-hmm. that. Um, they sniper the sniper who makes a extreme comical. <laughs> I'm the one fall. who snipers. Sorry. Like the guy like falls comically. <laughs> he, he does, does like fall. the flail fall. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like, I don't know how long I'm going to fall for. I'm going to keep making our motions. I'm going to throw everything away. Uh. <laughs> so they approach the house in stealth mode, and they end up tear gassing the house. They get their, um, like, half the team gets gas masks on. I guess they're the ones going in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack's just waiting for the bad to happen. Michael jumps over this little low stone wall, which, by the way, half the time when they're sitting there, like, Michael's head is popping above the stone wall. Yeah. These guys kind of stuck itself for he's, being yeah, covert off not team. good at stealth. He's uh, not Batman, for sure. No. He's not. This guy should not play any games where it requires stealth movement. Yeah, he yeah, would not yeah. pass any levels. No. So <laughs> they jump over the wall, and the bad guys just stand up from everywhere. Like, behind, there's like 10 bad guys just stand up and start shooting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael's is shot, drops. Jack grabs him back behind some cover, and he doesn't, he dies again. And Jack calls everyone to fall back. So they run back, they jump behind the wall they're sitting at, and the truck pulls up again with Kowalski and Michaels coming out. We reset. All the things have happened again because it's Groundhog's Day and I'm waiting for Bill Murray to come out. <laughs> and Andy McDowell. So then we cut to Sam and Daniel in some amazing clothing. Mm-hmm. Amazing clothing. Yep. Um, All the fun time clothing. And Daniel recognizes it as the New York Museum of Art. Which does not exist. There's a Metropolitan Museum of Art. You know, I sat there and I was like, the MoMA is not. No. That's and, the I, and I sat there and then I went, well, the Met is the Met. No. Nope. That and I couldn't exist. put it together <laughs> and I did not say anything out loud because I thought, well, I must be wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm exist. very glad that you're saying that. And behind them, we see the little tornado symbol. Yeah, I didn't yes. see it in Jack's dream, but I may have just missed it. Um, I don't think they ever actually say what year this is. Okay. But I think in sort of the consensus and extended stuff, if you consider his age and stuff like this, I think most people consider it like, if I remember correctly, 1972, but that okay. seems early. Maybe not. Well, I, I can't do math that I don't well. do math either. But anyway, he's he's eight. So okay. whatever. Gotcha. So we hear voices from like behind the camera and Daniel immediately knows what's going on. He can't be- he like does not believe it. He kind of starts to go into like the panic mode of like numb. Like right. like the I can't move, my jaw is dropped. Like numb. Well, he kind of he probably a little bit reverts back to that eight year old kid. Exactly. So we cut to two people standing under a heavy thing that no one should be standing under yeah. at any point. What? That's the thing I can't. I like, can come to terms you, with. Those are two intelligent people, right? Why are you standing under the thing that is a rocking giant way too slab much? of rock that's only being held up by some rope? Yeah, by chains. Like but, it's yeah. one. It's like a single chain that like arcs down and lifts it. So it's not like there's a chain on each corner or something. No, no, no. This is not like stable these, at all. Th- like these. I hate to say it, this is Darwin Awards here. Okay, you know, like sad. Like no, you shouldn't yeah, be standing under that. True. Um, so they're setting up a stone exhibit. It's like a Egyptian temple type thing or something like this. Okay. Um, Daniel can't believe this is real because those are his parents. Um, They were directing someone, I think it's Jake is his name, so they can drop the stone down on some pillars, but it's swinging way too dangerously because we watch it. It's like like a styrofoam swinging. Yeah, it's just walking back back and forth. Because it's literally probably made of styrofoam. styrofoam. Uh, Do you think that thing is still heavy, even if it's styrofoam? It's probably heavy, but in comparison, like, you could probably have two people lift that easily. Okay. Like, it's not going to kill and it might give you a concussion. It would just still be like, help. Yeah, Somebody probably. Okay. Like, if it hits you hard enough on the corner <laughs> and it's hard outside, maybe give you a mild concussion, maybe? Uh, yeah. No, nobody um, needs those. But considering they actually have people under, there's probably invisible lines also holding that up. Gotcha. Anyway. Um, but Daniel <laughs> Daniel calls out, and and but we know this is not going to end well, and the chain snaps, the stone falls, crushing those underneath. Uh, Sam turns away, and Daniel just can't. Daniel's yeah. just noping. Nope, I'm noping. At, well, can you? I I, I don't blame know. him in any yeah, way. Yeah, you're, you're. He's the poor eight year old Daniel because at this point he's not an adult in my brain. No, he's eight year old Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine watching my parents die over and over and over and over yeah. and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm eight, and, and they eight. are my world. Yeah, it's not even like me now as an adult. Yeah, if no, I saw that happen now, it might be pretty tough to handle. But as an eight-year-old kid, it's like holy com- farts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so not good. Then we're back in East Germany. Uh, Jack doesn't understand <laughs> why he has to live this over again. He right. goes through the motions, like he tries to warn Michael to check the hedges. He's told negative, stick to the plan. 
Jack and Teal'c um, then see the people in black from the stasis chair sort of yes. out in the distance. Um, he pulls Michael's down, like, instead of jumps, having him jump over the wall, and he's just shrugs him off and get, continues with his mission. Jack stands up and just, like, starts shooting the hedges randomly. <laughs> yeah. But Michael still dies again. They fall back. Everything starts over again. So something about these people in black, to me, is very weird, and I don't know if you've read this, but um, there's the Dean Koontz series, the Odd Thomas books. I know Dean Koontz, but I've not read Odd Th- Okay, so Odd Thomas sees these people that kind of, like, if he sees these things, they mean death is around, and okay. they're kind of like these black shrouded figures. Okay, and the figure and the people that we see in the background, I'm kind of reminiscent of that. Okay, so I can't watch them and not imagine all the death is about, <laughs> which actually kind of does happen. Yeah, kind of. So now I wonder if Dean Coons saw this episode of Stargate and inspired something. I have no idea how old Odd Thomas is. Okay, maybe it's old, but <laughs> that's what I think now, and that's my theory that he saw it and then he, then he wrote Odd Thomas. It's it's also very like they don't resemble it in any way but it's also very slender man oh yeah well even like death eaters i guess yeah. a lot of things are shrouded in black mean yeah. bad things if something is shrouded in black and coming towards you don't 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 <laughs> nope at stop that. it nope. yeah. i'll get the pope of nope <laughs> and just and just nope that <laughs> so if you guys uh don't have the video game exploding kittens uh <laughs> you should find it because they have nope cards yes. and one of them is the pope of nope uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like... It's a card game. It's a card game. It's kind of like War or Russian Roulette, but it's with kittens, and it has the, the you know, the, the website, the, cart, the oatmeal, the cartoon. It's yeah. Those are the illustrations, and it's a very fun backstabby game where you get to yeah. uh, backstab all your friends. Go to theoatmeal.com, just yes. how that sounds, and yep. just check out all the awesome things Because there. it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have really great note cards. <laughs> and then they have a Not Safe for Work deck, which is... Even cooler. Lo- it's a fun. <laughs> so anyways, uh, that is... Back to the show. <laughs> um, Jack grabs Michaels, holds a gun to him, says that, you know, they just... He just, like, asks him what's going on. This is where I'm like, you're way too close to that goddamn this house. Is, yeah, stop. Stop all the things you're doing and go take cover. Um, like, this is not a covert. I just can't get over that fact. Anyway, yeah. Michaels asks Jack if he's looking for a Section 8. Yeah, I don't know. Which made no sense to me. Turns out the term Section 8 refers to getting discharged from the U.S. military after being found mentally unfit for service. Um, It's like the term he's a Section 8. But you can't, it's no longer something you get discharged under anymore. Um, Like it's been updated. We have more refined like terms or like more refined rules. Like you can't just be found mentally unfit type thing. Um, But it's still, I guess, a common term of like... Of being lingo, unfit. okay. Of, of That's like saying fifty-one fifty or something. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. I gotcha. It was mostly like World War Two era oh, stuff. See, I, Apparently, it's in Mash. I think a lot. Like I some hear person... Section Eight, and I think low-income housing in California <laughs> because I know a lot. Of to be fair, when I was searching <laughs> in Section Eight, trying to figure out what this was, I got a lot of that. A lot of low-income housing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Section Eight. Um, but I think I. I Nick watched bartender Nick watched MASH a lot and I don't remember which character it was but one of the characters in MASH kept trying to get a section 8 <laughs> discharge well now I MASH. think of uh, Catch-22 <laughs> and like Joseph Heller maybe <laughs> everything goes back to weird places let's keep moving anyway so the keeper arrives on the scene yes um, he says that they have to stop arguing and stick to the mission uh, he's the keeper of all things around them all that is and might be he wants to continue since that's what Jack has always wanted. Jack points out that this is the most blown operation he's ever been in. Why would he want to watch his friends right. get killed over and over and over? But the keeper points out that it's so he can do it differently. Okay. Michael says that uh, they're going with or without Jack. They end up leaving without him. Mm-hmm. You hear, like, the action the distance of all the gunfire. Right. The keeper's confused why Jack doesn't want to play along. Because there's so many variations and routes to try. But Jack is not playing this game. Nothing here is real. He has no loyalty to these people who are not his friends right. and his, his brother-in-arms. Teal hopes that doing nothing is the right move, and so does Jack. So they just kind of sit down and let it go. Right. So well, at this point, they know it's not real. Yeah. So why why would he want to take part exactly. in this? Why would you want to torture yourself exactly. with changing the things that have happened? Especially if he's already made peace with it. Why would you want to keep going back to this? Yeah. I think that says a lot about the character. 
So back at the Museum of Dangerous Art, mm-hmm. uh, Dan- <laughs> Daniel is trying to hold it together. Um, right. Sam is trying to figure out the situation, and Daniel just wants a reassurance that this is not real. Right. Uh, Sam says, no, it's not consistent with any logical theory of time travel. If it was, he would see himself as a child or be a child. Right. The scene starts to play itself out again. Daniel goes to try to intervene, calling out that he needs them. Uh, they call him Danny, which is kind of cute, and tell yeah. him to go back outside. So is he just playing outside of a museum? Probably. Yeah, I mean, he what seems else? like the kid that was left alone a lot. Or maybe they maybe they think he's outside and he's just like out in some corner finding oh, a girl to make out with. Probably. <laughs> They're like, uh, go, just go away from here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just making out with like the statues for practice. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. I can too. Um, but he, he's like boobs. He's over in like the Renaissance. And he's like boobs. He's like we're looking at the old Greek sound. Yeah, boobs. Probably. So many boobs. Probably. He's going to high five yeah. either. He just oh. high fives another statue. Oh, yeah. You're slapping butts. Poor slapping kid. marble butts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Danny tells them that he's hurt himself badly. His leg is broken. Please oh. come take care of me. And his mom pulls the line that my mom pulled all the time. <laughs> you can't be hurt too badly. You're walking. <laughs> so my mom was was a nurse and we we learned like can you is it a band-aid just go get a band-aid yourself yeah like you can do unless this. you need stitches or you broke a bone you know how to handle it <laughs> <laughs> i'd be like i broke my leg i was like you're walking get up you drama queen and yeah. get it yourself <laughs> see and in the, in the one place where i think we did like a role reversal i was the kid where i was like no i do it don't touch me i don't trust anybody nobody do anything i've got this handled yeah no i was i, I learned like i went to safety camp I learned how to, like, set bones with a broomstick, a blanket, a belt, and a pack of frozen vegetables. Okay, like, to be fair, I I vaguely remember something similar to that. Yeah, and so, like, uh, she because she's a nurse, she sent us to college with our own little tackle box of, a, of like, first aid, first aid kit. So we were the first aid for the, for the floor because <laughs> we learned how to bandage things up at a young age. Nice. Yeah, uh, I still remember the time we got trick-or-treaters at, at my house when I lived in California. And uh, there was this little girl who was crying. And she was like, I'm crying and I'm hurt and everything hurts. And I was like, do you need a Band-Aid? I have cool Band-Aids because I do to this day. If anybody is looking she does. for a Snoopy Band-Aid or some Star Wars or maybe the Hulk is always fun to wear. The Hulk is cool. You have some really nice just colored ones yeah, and there, patterned ones. Yeah, there's a couple of fluorescent Band-Aids. Yeah. I may have a problem. <laughs> Some people people collect all sorts of things. Some people you do just collect band-aids. weird things, and some of us collect band aids. <laughs> um, so Sam turns and sees the black clad people, uh, as well as Teal Conjected. Mm-hmm. Daniel walks away. He's like almost shaking with frustration at this point. Right. Um, Sam comes and points over that you know when this originally happened, I don't think you had an audience over right. here. And they have to be in a virtual reality because this must be his strongest memory, which would make sense that this is when your parents, you're watching your parents die at eight is probably going to be your strongest memory. Yeah. Unless you purposely block that shit out, uh, which you might try. Mm -hmm. So, but Daniel says he used to play this over and over and over in his head, trying to think if there's anything else he could have done to make a difference. And maybe that's the point, Sam says. And this is where the keeper shows up and goes, how wonderful it is. Now you have the chance. This man. Daniel is noping. Like, this entire... Daniel wants to slug this guy in the head so badly. Can you blame him? Yeah. Completely can't blame him. Um, Sam and the keeper have some, like, word games back and forth about the concept of where they are and reality being in the eye beholder and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, he beckons Daniel to go try to make a difference. Uh, and it, But and it wouldn't be any fun if I told you how to do it. And Daniel loses it. He's like, yeah. fun? How is this fucking fun? No, like, this is not none of How the do you define fun? This is not it. <laughs> because this is not the, any funs that I've ever no, had. No, no. Yeah. The keeper says there would be no pleasure from the gain if there were no risk in the journey. And I want Dana to go, stop with the Yoda bullshit. Right, Just, right. You don't know any of the things, you weird, un, 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 <laughs> unstable man. Yes. <laughs> So it starts to play over again. Sam feels for Dan. You can just see Sam is like, 
I don't, it, it, it's, it's really shitty to be Danny here, but it's also really shitty to be Sam here because you're like, I don't know how to help you. Yeah, there's nothing I can like, do for you. I, there's nothing I can say in here. Yeah. And we're not really, I, I mean, I can hug you, but this isn't really a hug situation. I don't think we're hugging people yet. Also, Daniel, you might take that the wrong way. Yeah. Because you're Daniel and you'll be like, boobs. <laughs> boobs. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam and the Keeper, um, well, so... The keeper watches on with right. horrible glee on his face. Yes, because Daniel walks up to his parents and literally walks to his parents and try to pull them out. Right. And we get a Danny Jackson. Oh, which, poor man. little Danny Jackson. Uh, and they get uh, Jake to pull him away. And this is where it seems like Daniel maybe has the strength of an eight-year-old oh. because he is not trying to pull his way out of this grass no, he very can't really hard. Do very much here. Um, I think he's just so mentally probably, exhausted yeah. at this point that he's like, I have nothing. Because this is where Daniel's crying out. He's just like in tears, sobbing, like he's broken yeah. on this go around. He he eventually pulls away from Jake after it falls again. Mm. He grabs the keeper and he tells him to stop this. He refuses to play anymore. The keeper says, you know, that he will play. Like, this yeah. is a thing you're going to live through. And it starts mm. over again. Um, and he has to keep, tr- the keeper tells him he has to keep trying. Danny right. just refuses. And the chain snaps again in the background. So the keeper says that we're an obstinate race. And Jack and Teal show up in the museum. Mm. Uh, Jack asks if they're okay. And Daniel isn't sure. Granted, right. probably not. The answer is no. No, the answer is like, give no. me like a, a, a year with a therapist and then I can get, tell you that I yeah. may be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's not okay. the keeper says we're very stubborn, unimaginative, and non-competitive race. And well, uh, one, one's true. We're yeah. stubborn. Definitely stubborn. That's stubborn about, race. That's about it. Yeah. Um, and why can't we just enjoy the opportunities the keeper's given us? And Jack and Daniel can't believe that. And the keeper honestly equally can't understand why they won't just partake in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the keeper says they can go anywhere they imagine. And Carter was right. It's a simulated world inside their mind. Mm-hmm. And Carter wants to know how it works, and Jack just wants the fuck out. Yeah, this is this guy's not okay. This no. guy is I don't know where his brain is. I keep wanting to. Th- I keep thinking that um, I want him and the guy from Tin Man to hang out <laughs> because I think they're the only two people who would understand each other. Everybody else is like, "You guys are fucking insane." Yes, you, you're batshit crazy. <laughs> Get away from everybody else. You're unstable. Yeah. Luckily, they don't seem to have like malicious intent. As no. fucked up as this is, it doesn't yeah. seem malicious. I, I can't imagine what would happen if they did have malicious intent. I think yeah, we'd yeah, all yeah. be in trouble. At least the keeper's just crazy. I think they're just crazy. Yeah. But, not but very... also it's just the keeper. Like, the, it turned out later, the residents yeah, are going this. It really is just the keeper. That's true, yeah. So, um, I also just kind of think him and the come try a guy. From yes, come try a yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what you meant by Tin Man. Yeah, Tin Man, yeah. I, I heard Tin Man, and I was thinking of the, um, of, of the made-for-TV movie version of, uh, of uh, like Oz. Like Wizard of Oz? Yeah, yeah, but the one on Sci-Fi Channel that was crazy. Oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. No, literally meant Come Try a Guy from Tin Man. I meant Come Try a You were yeah. talking about Stargate, actually, for Yes, I, I actually had a reference to Stargate, because I'm learning things. But yeah, no, him and Come Try a Dude, or I forget his name. I kind of just want, like, a little buddy, like, five minutes yeah. short of yeah, something yeah. weird that would happen. Of, like, like them I, annoying each other. Like, I just want them to go to the beach together or something in their like in their shrouds and their robes and just kind of hang out and like I feel like one of them really wants to have like fancy cheeses and wine for dinner (laughs) and the other one's like freaking out because he brought like a I don't know a bag he brought something else for like they both bought dinner and now they can't decide I want like some really mundane thing to happen (laughs) but because it's them it would just get so outlandish (laughs) and crazy they would end up, like, finding a dolphin and converting it into to a thing. To be fair, I do know a few characters in the future that would easily join them on that beach party. <laughs> I really want to be, like, I don't want to be part of this. No, no, God, no. I just want to watch But it. I want to watch this happen. Yeah. Well, like I said, we have a couple other people that we can add to that dinner party yeah, later yeah. on in the series. Like, I want to put them all in the same asylum. We meet a couple <laughs> other uh, fellow crazy, awesome. crazy people. We're going to, like, group these in a category. I've got to find a name for these types of people. Okay, okay. So, the keeper says he can't just let them free because the chairs nourish sure. them and the devices are implanted in their brains to uh-huh. channel experiences right into their minds. Right. Um, so they're trapped and hooked into a mental network. Uh, the keeper points out that they're, they're in the matrix. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, the keeper points out that their valuable sense they enrich the residents' minds. Okay. 
And um, they've been, the residents have been in this world for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. And Daniel explains it to Jack as, imagine being locked in a room for a thousand years with only a VCR, a TV, because this is dated and not a DVD player or right. a Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. Or an Apple TV or yeah. Netflix. And you only have I feel like if you did that now, people would be like, yeah, what's the problem? Yeah, what's the problem? Uh, I could um, never, in a thousand years, I couldn't watch everything. But if you did Netflix. just have a VCR and had five <laughs> yes. movies, and what you wouldn't do for just four more movies. Right. <laughs> and the keeper points out that he can only get information from Jack and Daniel, since Teal'c is Teal'c. And right. Junior and Carter possibly has a protection from how Jolinar changed her mind. That's right, yeah. Um, but he can put memories into their heads, don't worry. Yeah. We still can play. Yeah. Um, you can be part of the game, we just can't use but you just, as one of the leads. Yeah, <laughs> just Jack and Daniel can Which provide I, I, I'm the glad that they gave us an explanation for that because I was like, yeah. well, why aren't we in Sam's brain? I'm yeah, sure yeah, she's yeah. got tons of stuff in there. That's, I mean, I feel like that's just a convenient explanation. To yeah, explain yeah, yeah, it, yeah. But at least they try to. It works. I mean, it pans out. It does. Yeah. Um, so Jack doesn't give a shit about any of this. He just wants no. out. Yeah. The keeper can't accommodate that request. And mm-hmm. the residents can't leave because um, because the planet was is uninhabitable. And right. Teal points out, n- n- no, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a garden outside. Yeah. And the keeper is like nervously, no, nope, it's chemical disaster. It's, no, it's death, it's all dead. the death and destruction. And they're like, no, it's, it's a really pretty garden out there. Yeah. Everything is, nope. Nope, it's certainly not. Everything's dead. <laughs> Good news, everyone! <laughs> the planet's better now. Yeah, ta-da. And, and the keeper's like, nope, nope, not at all. None nope. of those things. Can't, Get out of here. Bed. Go away. Get out of here, Professor Farnsworth, with your good news. <laughs> good news, everyone. <laughs> um, but, and Jack's, Jack picks up, he's like, why don't you want the residents to know this? Right. You know, and if, if because if the keeper leaves... I think if the residents leave, the keeper loses control. Right. And they start talking to the residents and the keeper is like, nope, I didn't want your, I didn't want them here. And he just sends all the residents away in the weird little tornado effect. Right. Um, because that's a thing that exists in this effects world. Um, and Dana points out that you can't keep the residents away forever. Like, if you're yeah. keeping us here, we're going to talk to them. And, well, the keeper didn't really want them here anyway. You can just go home then. Yeah. And the team's like, fine. <laughs> they wake up, they jump out of the chairs, and then go home. Yeah. The end. End of the episode. Yep. Now we're back home, and we're, we go through our Stargate, and that's They're in it, the right? infirmary. We're done? Yep. And okay. they have little puncture wounds yep. all, all over them from well, the life support. Yeah. Otherwise, everything's fine. Bummer, yeah. In the briefing room, they're just debriefing. Yeah. Uh, Daniel wants to go back and free everyone. Right. You know, blah. Daniel points out that that's none of their business. Yeah. Uh, and Hammond says it's really not up to them to judge how other people live. <laughs> and Jack points out that, well, they're all being lied to. Yes. And Jana points out that, you know, they're completely on life support. They may, they, we don't know what will happen if they leave the chairs. They right. may just die. Uh, and they really, they need more information. So Hammond wants them to go back. Mm-hmm. And Jack doesn't really want to smart less sound like a smart ass this specific time, but are you cracked? Yeah. He's like, wait a minute, this is Hammond. Usually Hammond's got a little more something on my back. Like he's yeah, usually yeah. got his back a little more in these kind of things. But Hammond just chuckles and says that it could be a valuable resource because the tech is far beyond our own and he doesn't mm. see how it could be hazardous. It's just an artificial yeah, environment. It's no big deal. It's just totally fine. Jack's yeah. a little more worried about getting trapped there. And, <laughs> and Hammond rightly points out that well they got out last time. And if you're not back in a week, we'll send SG two after yeah, you. Yeah, no big deal. We'll leave you there for a week. <laughs> that does not so- sound like Hammond to me. <laughs> Yeah, so, let's wait a week. Uh, let's take no action. That has never been Hammond. Hammond, the man who got into his own fatigue yes. and went off yeah, planet, yeah. is not the man that's going to wait a week to do And Like, this man does not even wait a week. Like, if something comes in the mail and they're like, oh, you've got a month. He's like, oh, I'm calling these fuckers right now. Exactly. Yeah. So Daniel and Jack This man have- does his taxes the day he gets his W-2. <laughs> he is not waiting for April 14th. He's doing them now. So, so, uh, but Daniel and Jack have a conversation via eyes real yeah. quick. Yeah, <laughs> like a little telepathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Hammond says it can't be all bad. They can experience all sorts of things, like watching people die over yeah. and over again. This is a great thing. 
thing to just but die But Hammond points out that you have to see Kowalski alive, and, you know, you can maybe even go see your son, Jack. This is like when your mom tries to convince you that something is awesome, and you're like, no, it's no, not. No, it's not. Yeah, and she's like, no, but there's this thing. You're like, stop. This No, this stop. is... Stop. I don't want to do this. Stop with your good uh, ideas of how this is a great thing. This is a terrible thing. I don't want to go to the dance with a neighbor. My life is the neighbor over. neighbor sucks. I don't yeah. want to go to the dance. Yeah. I didn't actually have that happen to me. That, that would have been terrible. thinking of something. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Who is it? Is it in Gilmore Girls where Paris goes with her cousin? Yeah. Yes. Yep, yep. Yeah. Like, gosh. Yeah. No, not happening. Not doing that. So, um. T- tell me why braces are a great thing at the age of 13. Because <laughs> I can tell you that no. <laughs> Ultimately, I did win that argument and I wish I didn't. <laughs> if anybody young is listening and your parents are willing to pay to fix your teeth, my goodness, let them do it because it's expensive when you're a grown up. Yes, it is. <laughs> So, but that's it. That's enough. Jack has had it. He gets up and he starts checking behind Hammond's ears, looking yeah. for signs <laughs> of a mask. Because clearly this is the real Hammond. And Hammond, Hammond tells him to sit down. And we have my favorite quote of the episode. I don't think so, bucko. Yeah, bucko. I love a good bucko. <laughs> He's been watching some old, like, uh, Howdy Doody on TV recently. So that was fresh It's just how he says it was fantastic. <laughs> Sam says clearly they're still on... Uh, J seven J nine eight nine or whatever the point <laughs> it is, and you get an oh you betcha <laughs> because because is he from Minnesota. He's technically the characters from from Chicago. But, All right, but the actors from places where Richard and Harrison's from you betcha land. Yeah, oh gotcha. Oh yeah, gotcha. you betcha. Well, you know if if me and Jack <laughs> started having a conversation, our northern accents would come out not too long. I'll take it. Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Chicago is close enough. It's cold <laughs> to be Chicago, to be Canada. Yeah, it's cl- it's Canada ish. It's Canada light. So southern Canada, as so, you call it. Southern Canada. I like to call it Canada South. If you touch Canada, if your state touches Canada, or you touch a body of water that touches yeah, Canada, Canada South. You're Canada South. Yeah. And really, like Michigan, if you go on up, you can go through Lake Huron, Lake Superior, and touch yeah. Canada. Yeah. Or just on over to I dig uh, Lake it. Huron. Awesome. Can- Anyways, <laughs> I like the Great Lakes. Um, <laughs> so, Hammond, and, he, and Jack is sure that Hammond is the keeper. Jack then pats his head in the funniest moment of the episode. He just, like, <laughs> drums Hammond's head. And we're like, I believe at that point you're like, oh, you dead. Yeah, oh, you yeah. court marshal. At that point, it's like, if this is the fake Hammond, this is my only chance to pet his head. I'm doing it. I'm going for it. Because at that point, he's already, like, said no, you're oh, not real. So Hammond stands up and says that Jack is way at the line and the room gets very testy. <laughs> Hammond Testies. gives them one last chance to follow orders and rejoin the residents, uh, which is what the Keeper called the population. Yeah. They continue to resist and Hammond places them under arrest. And that's where Sam goes, resident? Yeah. Wait a minute. Exactly. I might know a thing here. So they're in the isolation room. Jack is confident they're not on Earth. This That wasn't the real General Hammond. Mm-hmm. And suddenly a guard turns into Kowalski very slyly through yeah. a flick of the camera. In case you thought you were on planet, yeah. we're not. <laughs> and asked if, is it really, is it all bad being in a fake environment? They could all have fun together and never grow old. <laughs> um, and if Kowalski isn't real, he certainly won't mind Jack punching him in the jaw. He right. goes down, Tilk takes down the other guard, and SG-1 is out of the isolation room. <laughs> the end. Yeah. They're going down the hallway, they turn a corner, and the residents are watching them. Right. So residents have been looking for them, actually. They want to hear more about the outside. Is the poison gone? And they assure them that it's blooming outside. Mm -hmm. And clearly, the the Keeper's been telling them it's been dangerous. And they wonder how they can trust SG-1 over the Keeper who's been taking care of them for so long. Right. How would you do that? I mean, how would you just decide that these people... I I, I think it just comes kind of goes to show us that these residents have been hoping for an out. Yes. Because they're so willing to trust... Yeah. These people that they've never met before. And this is why, and instead, the D- Jack just goes, that they're going to go through the gate to show them the world in their memory that they were on, that they live on. Yeah. And Jack tries to explain, and finally he's just like, shut up. Just, just, just come Leave me, me alone. Yeah, I'm done. So one thing here, as someone who also wears glasses... <laughs> 
Then at one point, Daniel has his glasses sitting up in his hair. This again, I question how badly Daniel needs glasses because he's, it's not like he's putting contacts in. I he has his glasses yeah, on and off. I can't put my actual no, glasses that's on the, my head No, that that's the point I want to show. Oh. He just has his glasses on his head and then he takes them off and he puts them on his eyes and they don't get stuck in his hair. That's no. what I call bullshit on. That is bullshit. Because I can't, now my glasses right now that I have are like the plastics. They don't have the right. separate iPads, but my sunglasses have iPads. I cannot put those suckers well, in my I'm hair I, I, and then just pick them up and put them I gotta get them untangled from my hair and pull them up and well, get and, and that's and the other thing is actual glasses that you wear for seeing yeah. are heavy yes. and, and, and they're and they're molded to your face differently yes. than sunglasses yes. are so when you they don't sit on your head the same way no. they slide right off they want to be on your face and like at times he just takes his glasses off and he sees fine like he did in that last episode that would never happen like, and there's no taking your glasses off without squinting for a minute, even yeah. if you do actually I'm decide. I'm pretty sure Daniel's a hipster with his glasses. He's a bullshit hipster. Like, I question. I call bullshit. I really think that Daniel's glasses are just again, glass. Like, he's just hipster wearing. Yeah, them. he's just, he was he a hipster. He wants him to be before. smart. He he's wants to look smart. He's such a hipster that he was a hipster before hipsters were hipsters. This is true. He's wearing them just Whoa. to be smart. Yeah, he just, I just like met a hipster. You did met a hipster. <laughs> is it hipster to say that someone was a hipster before they were hipsters? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. so hipster. <laughs> Hipsters. <laughs> That's how so I feel. they activate the gate, and Hammond tells them to shut it down. And SG One runs out of the gate to go after Hammond, and Hammond then runs. Right. Jack and Daniel go after him, and he turns into the keeper mid run. They follow him, and they head through a doorway, and suddenly in the of the doorway, in the inside of the dome. With yeah. all the stasis chairs. It seems almost too easy. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's well, listen, like, oh. there's only so much left in the episode. Uh, yeah. we got to wrap this up, <laughs> It's okay? like, oh, oh, shit, I just need to turn this corner? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You just right. need to go through yeah, this door. yeah. Uh, because we later find out that the keeper's like, well, they could go through the portals anytime they wanted. And the yeah, portals just, are just sitting there. I just didn't tell them where it was. <laughs> um, so the real SG-1 wakes up confused, unsure if this is real or not. And they start chasing the real keeper in reality. Yeah. Now through the dome out into the garden. <laughs> they catch them outside and they and the keeper's like, please don't hurt me. I was yeah. just trying to help my people. Yeah. Um, and the keeper's been coming out to Tennis Garden for years, and he didn't want to let his people out because they damaged the planet in the first place, and they're just going to fuck up the garden. Right. And and then, okay, that finger bite at the end. Yeah. Where he's like, they're running. Yeah. They're running on the grass. I know. I oh have my God. Here. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So they, we learned that he's never actually prevented them from leaving. Right. The portals were there, and they're like, the portals? You mean the ones that they never knew about, and so therefore it's... Like, you didn't necessarily lie to them, but you yeah. left out a key piece of information. Yeah, you didn't tell them they existed. <laughs> so, is that not the same as lying? And it's so, now that SG, the SGC or SG-1 has freed the people, they're gonna ruin everything. In yeah. the background, you see the residents Stupid slowly people. coming yeah. out of the dome, and then we cut to the resident, one of the residents thanking Jack, and we have just this, like... You know, they've given a whole word of beauty. SGC is going to send them supplies. Mm -hmm. And we get this thing of, like, the keepers just running around. They're ruining everything. They're picking <laughs> flowers. Don't grab that. They're stepping on the grass. <laughs> what are you doing? Okay. Don't smell that flower. Don't touch that. Stop touching things. You're not okay. So okay. So here's what I've decided. Uh, come try a guy. Yeah. Right from yeah, Tin yeah, Man, yeah. whose name I forget. I, I it's don't his know. name is Come Try. Okay, point. Come Try. And and our guy here from um, Gamekeepers. Yeah. Um, they start a support group. Mm -hmm. For former uh, leaders. Control freaks. Con control freaks of the universe. <laughs> Unite. Control freaks anonymous. Yeah, control freaks anonymous. Um, I think they all might have to live in the same building. Kind of yeah. like in the 1950s, how women's all... Oh, I was just thinking it's like yeah. Big Brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you kind of just have to put them all in the same place <laughs> and see who like... Because either someone will take over and start, like, of these control freaks, one will be the most control freakiest of the rest, mm -hmm. or they're all just going to fucking kill each other. <laughs> but in a, the most passive-aggressive ways ever. Oh, no. Like, if like you put not, it, they're totally passive-aggressive. Like, not in a violent, like, in incredibly malicious, evil, scary way. They're just going to... Who's going to outpass... It? It's going to be fucking Portland. Oh, I know. It's, oh. <laughs> it's going to be that Portlandia episode where they're both stopped at the stop sign. They're like... No, no, you go. No, you go. It's like, everyone's just going to sit here until we die. And then they're going to put a burn on it. Yeah, and they're going to put a burn on it. And then the end. <laughs> 
I say that because I'm I'm gonna start making a sweater soon, and I commented how I'm gonna put an owl on put it. Put a bird on I'm it. I'm gonna put a bird on it. <laughs> I'm gonna knit a sweater with a bird on it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this episode was fun. It That's was fun. Kind of all it was. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like it's pure. There is nothing deep in this episode. I, I mean, there's a little bit of moments. Um, well, you have if, some. If we wanted to dig into these these stories with Jack and Daniel, and, you can yes. and go there. You could go there. Yes, you could. But on the on the general surface, like this is just a popcorn episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of a fun episode um, where you learn a couple deep parts about a couple of our characters. Yeah, and, and we know that Jack's got a history. We know a yeah. lot of these things. I don't think I knew that Daniel's parents died at, in front of him. Yes, we knew that he was basically yeah. he was an orphan in early age. Yeah, we didn't quite. This is where we actually find out how his But I'd, I'd love to see if this somehow relates to who he is now. I mean, it does. But I would love to see us yeah, make you, that connection. You can't go through that at eight and not have that affect you. Yeah, yeah. But um, otherwise, it's just kind of a fun episode. I don't know wh- that it goes on the list. I think this no. is a good one-off. Well, here's the thing. We currently, for um, for season two, we only have three things on our list. So okay, it so does it's go on our list somewhere, list. but gotcha. it's going on number four, the last yeah. on my list. I, I think I'm good with, with number four also. I think okay. this would be a good episode if, if someone was like, oh, I've never seen the show before. I'd be like, okay, let's watch this one. Yeah. Because it's just a good one And it's a good introduction. I mean, if you're getting introduced, it's nice to get some back. Yeah, thing. I mean, it might be a little confusing. You might, you know, yeah. with Kowalski and, and, and Jack and, and if you went but back there's to the a couple moments you have to pause and explain for one yeah, sentence. Yeah, yeah, but it's still just kind of fun. It's like, ultimately, this show is fun. Yeah. The show is fun. There's there's message. There's yeah. there's some story. There's a little bit of drama, but for the most part, we're having fun. Yeah, yeah. So, that's it's a, a good comical. way to explain that. Yeah. Um, and we don't actually have any character deaths and because yeah. his, his neither does Michael's nor Daniel's parents count. And we don't right. actually have a crying out loud this episode. So. No. Darn it. Um, Next week, we are watching Need, which Need. I actually cannot wait to see your reactions to this episode oh, because goodness. I, you're either going to enjoy aspects of this episode or you're okay. going to just be what the fuckery all over this <laughs> in a laughing what the fuckery at this episode nice. or find sort of a deeper message. Is this going to be Hathor level what the fuckery? This is not Hathor level what the fuckery. Okay. Um, but you are going to eye roll a couple times this gotcha. episode. Okay. In the most, in the most, like enjoyable way ever. Nice. I'll take it. This, this, this sounds fun. Yeah, I'm in. Need is a ridiculous episode on a different in a different way. <laughs> nice. Alright, this will be fun. Um, thanks again for you guys for listening this week. Um, uh, again, if you want to tweet us or email us or Facebook us with any kind of fun stuff that you know about uh, history in the 1980s, anytime in the Cold War, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can tweet us at Terra Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. Or you can send us an email at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. And if you're talking about anything past need, uh, just put spoilers in it. And yeah. I will keep it from Gracie. I will redact it. And speaking of talking beyond, stay tuned for some more Nixie, the future according to Stargate. Yes, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be shorter this week. Um, but I do have a couple a couple of little sentences, so it'll be a short future according to Stargate segment this week. But so, it'll be there. So stay after tuned the music after the music for your hidden track. Just Only look. if you've seen the episodes before. None yeah. of this if you're watching it for the first time, stick around after the music. Don't do it. Don't cheat. We will, we will find you out. Stay with me. Solidarity. I'm yeah. not listening. Listen, if yeah. Grace can hold off not listening to him and she's the one who edit the episode, yeah. she just literally blind sticks it at the end. <laughs> so if she can literally have the, the spoiler section in her in the palm of my hot little hand of her hand yeah. and not listen to him, you can hold off if you're watching this for the first time. We can do it. I believe in us. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Have a fantastic week, everyone. We'll we absolutely see you next adore week. you. Bye. Bye. Welcome, everyone, to the future according to Stargate. Um, so there's not a ton to talk about in this episode, because uh, it's kind of just a self-contained thing. But 
there is the point that uh, for those of you familiar with the virtual reality pods, uh, we you know that you, we see them again in season eight in Avatar, which is, I think, a really I love that episode, actually. So when Nortilk is essentially stuck in a video game um, and it's uh, they sort of hijack the virtual reality pods for their own purposes and, and use them for training and stuff. But it's it's kind of cool. We sort of see part of it as like a first person shooter. We see sort of a game version of, of the SGC, um, which was actually done by the same studio that was going to do the actual Stargate video game that never really came out, which I think would have been really fun to see. But um, and then the only other uh, real thing is that uh, um, I talked about seeing Robert Duncan again, uh, who played um, Daniel's dad. We do see him come back as, I think it was Seth, in um, an episode early next season with the cult. Uh, and that's actually, I find it a really cool episode, just because I love all the episodes that take place on Earth like that. So um, that one's really cool and looks completely not like... Uh, um, uh, Melbourne Jackson, like they would not have think that they were the same person. So, um, that is kind of it this week for future printing Stargate. I didn't really get too much, uh, more research done on the ghoul, but, um, hopefully there should be more, uh, next week. Actually, not really too much more next week. We have need next week, which doesn't really have a lot of, uh, you know, stuff reaching into the future, but, um, I'll see if there's anything, but you'll see me here next week, even if there's not much to talk about. Um, but hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye.